0: Music, Hope, Word, and Prayer, a podcast of rich music, hopeful prayer, and inspiring meditations with East Brentwood Presbyterian Church, a community church in the greater metropolitan area of Nashville, Tennessee. We are a faith community made up of a loving, welcoming family of believers in honest conversation with God. We seek to emulate the ministry of Jesus through compassionate service, with stimulating and relevant exploration of God's word, and by sharing that word and God's many blessings with our neighbors in Middle Tennessee and around the world.
1: Thank you for joining us. Uh, We're talking today about being a survivor. Uh, It's a different mindset than being in what I might call survival mode. Sometimes it feels like I'm in survival mode Um, a whole lot. So I'm talking to myself here, folks, today. Uh, They're they're two different mindsets. Uh, We're using as our backdrop uh, two pieces of Scripture, one from the prophet Joel. Uh, You'll find uh, this little book from the minor prophet Joel back in the Old Testament, and the other one is from the Apostle Paul, who is uh, writing to his friend Timothy. He's near the end of his life. And he's writing one of his last letters to his friend. Um, I've included uh, links to these scripture passages in our episode description notes. They are the backdrop for what I want to talk about today. Uh, About Joel, um, he had quite a story of survival, went up against massive challenges. In his case, not only was it invaders of people, it was that pesky pestilence of locusts. It opens in Joel 1 what the locust swarm has left, the great locust have eaten. And then he goes on to describe, I think it's four different locusts uh, um, that have just decimated the crops. Uh, So Nate, I mentioned the word uh, surviving. And uh, what
2: comes to mind? Well, you know, we've all heard of that TV show Survivor, but apparently there's this new show called Alone that's uh, the new, more realistic version of Survivor. So they Drop these contestants off in the remote wilderness, oftentimes in harsh climates. And the contestants are completely isolated from one another except for these medical checkups every once in a while. So the record for the longest person to last, you can tap out at any point you want, but is 84 days. And you win like a million dollars or something if you win the whole thing. So 84 days. So, John, I really see you outside the comforts of... East Brentwood Presbyterian, but I feel like you would have some, some survival skills. So how many days do you think you could last out
1: there? <laughs> oh, there was a time I, I, I did a mountaineering course out in Wyoming, and uh, we were uh, packed in and with a lot of snow up at, uh, above uh, the, the, the tree line, and uh, I was able to light um, wet wood uh, with one match. So, oh. yeah, pretty good, huh? Yes. Um, but now I just throw some charcoal starter on the fire and be done with it. Uh, how long do you think you could last before you tap out?
2: Um, probably just a, a a day or two. Wouldn't be long. Wouldn't be long. It, be long.
1: it, it would be as long as your smartphone had battery. I think you could make it. Otherwise, yeah. once uh, once that's done, you're toast. Uh, well, that well that was a good one. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, folks, today we we're, we're talking about the prophet Joel. We're talking about about, uh, Paul, and thousands of years separate us from the experience of the prophet Joel. And, and Paul, who, you know, of course, he survived all kinds of uh, uh, hardship. He, he survived uh, being in prison multiple times. He, invived, uh, he survived sh- shipwrecks. Uh, and we have personally not witnessed the kind of destruction described in, in either of their cases, especially Joel. Um, but what we have faced over the last couple of years I mean, we can certainly feel a good bit like Joel.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of us feel that way over the events of the last few years. I know many people here at East Brantwood Presbyterian Church feel that way too with everything we've had to overcome to keep the church alive as many people across many churches across the country have dealt with.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In a sense, we have um, we have survived our own locust plagues over the last couple of years and uh, some, you know, I was reading the papers this morning, it feels like we're not out of the woods yet, you know, in terms of the energy crisis come around Christmas time, inflation continues to rise, it's at a 40 year high. Uh, interest rates are stuff that have made first time home buyers uh, incredibly nervous. And, uh, I talked to realtors who are having to work really hard right now, where, uh, up until a couple of months ago, they were living the good life. It was just busy, busy, busy. And so, um, w- we may not feel like we're out of uh, a time of being, uh, um uh, in, in a survival mode. Um, and in no way we're on easy street as individuals, but as with survivors who have, survive the stormy seas and looking at calmer waters, I suggest that deep down, we may be wondering why we're still here, knowing we, folks we know, some who are not. And we may be wondering for what purpose and why. I was talking to somebody the other day who came back, uh, their um, their markers are clear in terms of, uh, and they're, they're, they're cancer-free at this point. And they were talking about how that within them gives them a renewed sense of purpose, like, well, I made it through that. Why? And how do I want to focus my days? Um, Joel captures our desire for confirmation that we have purpose and that our lives have divine worth. And So thinking about that has led me to this phrase. The phrase is resurrected hope. A survivor of is one who has resurrected hope someone in survival mode i would argue doesn't so for the next few minutes i want to invite you to consider this idea of resurrected hope and how it wants to be rekindled within you Uh, i was talking to my church this past week in more detail than i'm sharing today but i said to them resurrected hope is looking to be rekindled here within you resurrected hope is looking to be rekindled here, East Brentwood Presbyterian Church. This hope is not wishful thinking. It's hope in action. It's reflected in practices. This hope is reflected in friendship, reflected in hands that are connected to someone in need. This act of hope is not carried by somebody else or dependent upon the muscle of only a few doers, but on the many, many, including you. Speaking of hope, Nate, Tell us about the music you'll be bringing in today.
2: Yeah, the choir did a terrific anthem based on this theme entitled Living Hope. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to bring it into today's podcast.
1: All right, that sounds great. Y'all did sound great. And uh, we're going to hear the music from Nate, and then I'll be back to talk with you more and then send you on your way with a prayer. Hey, so I mentioned that I'll talk about uh, the prophet Joel. Uh, and so the, the scripture is Joel 2, 23 through 32. Let me just highlight a few, and then you can go to the link uh, in, the line, in the description notes and go further into your study. Um, and so he's talked about uh, the locusts who have just decimated. And then um, uh, he, he has this to say, O oh, children of Zion, be glad and rejoice in the Lord. For God has given the early rain for your vindication. Pour down for you abundant rain, the early and the later rain as before. And then the threshing threshing floors um, shall be full of grain. The vats will overflow with wine and oil. And then there's this line, I will repay you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord. And then it goes on to say, and we hear this text around Pentecost. We also hear it at the beginning of Lent. Then I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Um, and so let's talk about that. And and it was really helpful for me to hear from um, the writer Jessica Mesman, who's looking at this ancient text. And I listened to, uh, to a little podcast she did, and she's a writer for a Christian Century, and you can find her work by Googling it. Um, um, and it named for me something that I've been feeling during the last couple of years that felt quietly, quite frankly at times like surviving. And and here's the phrase she used. She described it as the loss of time, end quote, to hardship the loss of time, does that feeling resonate with you at all? We hunker down. In my case, I spent the majority of my energy working alongside with a couple of dear people to keep this church alive. And for you, listener, it could have been on your own work. It could have been keeping your family together. It could have been uh, just fill in the blank. And during that time, our, our energies often were on how to keep the in, in here, back to the church, going at all a cost uh, of less focus on ma- maybe the message and upon the mission. Uh, the prophets in the scriptures, uh, especially the minor prophets, um, uh, often function in, in two roles. Not just the minor, but also Jeremiah, Isaiah. They, they foretell God's judgment. There's a judgment sense. But they also have a mercy sense. Um, they, they cast this positive vision for the people's future. So often when we pick up this Bible, when, if if we ever do, we hear these words and we all tend to focus, uh, coming from the prophets, just the judgment part. You, you know, you, your bodies, you, your waywardness, you, your sin, but not really the positive vision uh, for the people's future. And in Joel, uh, back to the writer, um, uh, Jessica Mesman says, we encounter the God who has counted what we've lost and promised to pay it. Back. The prophet may be uh, speaking to history and events I don't quite understand, she says, and the life experience I can't fathom and wouldn't want to, but the poet captures my desire, and perhaps for all of us in this room, for confirmation that we have purpose and that our lives have divine worth. End quote, she says. What's the pain back? Rains returning. Vats overflowing, threshing floor filled with grain, old men dreaming dreams, young men seeing visions. Joel was a survivor, and in a podcast she gave, she referred to Joel as uh, the Hamilton of that day. Um, you know, wait for it, wait for it. I, I'm so glad Hamilton came to her mind and whatnot. Uh, what is, um, what's, uh, I am a survivor by De- Destiny's Child or, uh, or uh, the, the 80s band survivor, um, Eye of the Tiger. Well, as during, uh, it is the case with times of hardship, when we are in survival mode, there is, tends to be the preoccupation with self. Often survivors, if we are like Joel, on the other hand, have a resurgence of hope. And we can look up and out and beyond ourselves and say, well, what do we do now for others? How can we pay it forward, so to speak, from a place of gratitude? So this resurrected hope uh, is this phrase I've been working in my uh, in my own life this week. Resurrected hope is kind of a um, kindled out of the recognition here uh, that Christ came to earth to be Emmanuel, God with us. It's born out of the recognition that the Christ who promised to be with us to the end of the age strengthens us. And it is hope that springs out of our affirmation that the God who in Christ promised to make God's home with us empowers us. Now, there are uh, many ways this can happen, but let me leave you with these two ways that we can do what we do, and it's what I'm inviting you and and challenging to focus upon, challenging you to focus upon. They happen uh, to be about our, A, life together, and B, our caring for others, our, what we'd call in the church, mission and service. Our life together and let's just make it as tangible as we can what takes place in our friendships we might call it holy friendship it's the focus of paul's letter to timothy paul's writing to timothy he says get mark and bring him as he's useful give my love to prisca and aquila more than anything else, Timothy, I need to see you one more time. You know, turn to the Apostle Paul's letter in the Bible, and as I said, they are full of survivor stories from shipwreck to imprisonments. And here he is near the end of his life, and what matters most is the friends he has made in his life. You you have to get interested in all of these peoples whose name we can hardly pronounce in our modern ears and uh, uh, can pronounce. Of of people who must have had stories in their own right, and, and I don't want to put Paul off as the heroic one. He was the heroic survivor, but I um, I think if you look at all these folks who are mentioned in the Second Timothy letter, there are all these folks who um, must have been incredible folks, and these were folks who had been enslaved. These are notice he he talks so many so much about women who had no place in that society back then must have been revolutionary um clearly they were all this sense of survivors they had agency well here's the point and um uh, um about this that is the real issue for me and for all of us we cannot do this christian journey alone we need one another And Paul's letter to Timothy is a testimony that faith lives in the space between the self and the other. Back in June, the Gallup poll reported that 12% of Americans, American adults, said they had no close friends. And I'm currently reading uh, the book by Richard Reeves of the Brookings Institute of, uh, of Boys and Men that again and again are quoting statistics of how um, loneliness and depression and anxiety among boys and men is troubling. And, uh, and and we're here interested in how to pull men together and support one another. And it's a topic that I'm going to be talking on uh, uh, mid-November. In the last words of the apostle, we are <clears throat> taught to pay attention to our friendships. And what's the takeaway? Don't be casual with your friendships. And don't be casual with what this church community can offer, because in our friendships and in this community is where we can practice resurrected hope. So friendship is something that we practice and we're intentional about. Uh, It's easy to be so casual about our friendships, Um, but the clarity the Apostle Paul finds near the end of his days uh, could be instructive for us here of how to, um, in our life as survivors. Uh, And it instructs us. So about this phrase, resurrected hope, here's the second thing I want to say about it, and it has to do with this sense that we do not uh, exist for ourselves uh, as survivors, and for that matter, as Christians, we do not exist for our own comfort, Um, and What I was saying on Sunday to my church folk is that we are the church when we are reaching beyond ourselves, that hope is practiced and is seen by others when our hands and our hearts are connected to those in need. And where we take our lead from that is towards the end of Matthew you turn to the pages of Scripture at the end of Matthew, and it describes the disciples clearly, clearly seeing the resurrected Jesus standing in front of them. I'm at Matthew 28, and this is where he tells them, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Um, and it's it's sending out language. And the emphasis here is less uh, on the go and more on the making disciples, and this make language is more like shaping and forming. The go it's it's to be understood as continuous, um, as you are going, shape and form, um, make disciples and help them to belong. And Roger Nishoka, uh, he he says, and I, I love the the way he says it. It sort of quips, um, you know. We call this the Great Commission, but it's. Uh, not the great suggestion, end quote, he says. It's the great commission because we're being sent into the world together. And that is to say we're not uh, existing for ourselves. We do not exist for our own comfort and safety. We are the church when we're reaching beyond ourselves. So with uh, you as an individual and as I would speak also to the church, um, nothing is guaranteed. Um the kind of life that we live in individually or the type of community we seek to reflect as a church has to be worked on every day. And so my invitation to you today is, um, are you in a survival mindset or a survivor's mindset? And the latter is where you're looking at how hope is not wishful thinking, but hope is, active. Hope is active through your hands and through your lives. I hope that we can all, working together, can resurrect hope every day by our actions and our love. So here's the, here's the closing prayer. God of grace, you have given us resources, gifts, and life itself May we respond by offering our time, our talents, our treasures, and our lives to God as instruments. Strengthen our desire to discern and do your will. We pray for those who are suffering, those who are because of violence, war, or natural disaster, find themselves in a survival mindset those whose lives and homes and businesses have been destroyed by Hurricane Ian. We pray for those who are exhausted, those struggling to pay bills and put food on the table, those overwhelmed by suffering and in need of a lighter load. We pray for those living in war zones, for the people of Ukraine and the women of Iran, people desperate for justice and peace. We pray for those who are ill and their caregivers, those who are trying to survive uh, mental anguish, those who are trying to survive, uh, cancer. Uh, we pray for those struggling. Uh, we pray for our friends, especially for our close friends. We pray for them, taking a moment to pray for them by name and offer a prayer of gratitude for who they are to us and to others and a prayer of supplication if they have need. And if we struggle with the name of a close friend coming to mind, we recognize that this may represent a problem we may need to address. And so we pray for courage to pick up the phone, to start a conversation, to take a step and be vulnerable. Finally, O oh God, mold us for service so we can be the answers to the prayers we pray. Inspired by the one who saves. May our lives reflect resurrected hope. Amen.
0: for joining East Brentwood Presbyterian Church today for music, hope, word, and prayer. To learn more about the life and ministry of EBPC, our commitment to being a Matthew 25 congregation, or to support this ministry with a financial contribution, visit us at our website, ebpctn.org, or visit us on Facebook at East Brentwood PC, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, eBPC videos.